The following is a presentation of Genesis. Genesis is a place where you are invited to begin, belong, and believe. To find out more, visit us on the web at genesisthejourney.com. Well, hey, welcome to Genesis. We are refusing to admit that uh, Christmas has come and gone, so we are going to continue on in our Christmas spirit. I hope you guys had a very good Christmas. Anyone have a good Christmas? Does anyone feel pretty excited about the gifts they got? Apparently not. Anyone feel excited about the gifts they received? Okay, did anyone uh, know a few days ago was Christmas? It, it, it was, just like three days ago. It happened. You all were there, I hope. Um, well, anyways, Merry Christmas. I know we're celebrating a new year here in a few days, but um, tonight we wanted to finish uh, our Christmas series that we started a few weeks ago. And uh, it's kind of weird. We canceled church last week. I'm sorry about that. Uh, it's kind of a weird thing to cancel church because of inclement weather. And then this week, it's like 65 degrees, shorts and t-shirt weather. So um, before I jump into uh, where we're headed tonight uh, in terms of finishing off the sounds of Christmas, uh, I wanted to highlight a few things happening uh, specifically this week. Uh, on I think it's Tuesday night, Jen Zickel. Tuesday night, uh, if you are around in town and available, uh, our former worship pastor, uh, Jason Bonham, and his band is going to be playing down at the Hard Rock Cafe, I think at 8 o'clock on uh, Tuesday evening. So it would be awesome if we could uh, have a good, uh, good showing from this community to go and support him. I think there is a $5, $10 cover charge, something like that, um, which goes to help support him. So you can, bring your friends. It's going to be a good night of, uh, of music and certainly a good night to support Jason. Um, and then the following night, for those who don't have anything to do, Genesis is going to be having a very uh, casual but fun get-together for New Year's Eve, uh, I think starting around 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock here. And this is the good news here. Chipotle is going to be hooking us up and taking care of us with some really good food. So all those other New Year's Eve parties that offer, like Chinese who wants Chinese when you can have Chipotle, I ask? Um, so details about uh, the New Year's Eve party that we're doing here on Wednesday, uh, you can find out uh, at the back table over to my left, to your right, um, some more information about that. And then uh, one other thing, I'm going to speak to this a little bit more next week, but something that is very central to uh, who Genesis is as a community is uh, what we call life groups. And uh, starting in um, a few weeks... Um, in mid-January, our life groups is going to be uh, really transforming, getting a facelift, so to speak. And uh, this is a new opportunity. If you've been in life groups, uh, you will continue to do life groups. You can be part of that same life group or maybe even a new opportunity to connect with a brand new life group. But uh, for those who've never been in life groups, this is a great opportunity uh, for you to connect. Really, the big change that we're, we're switching to is a trimester-based approach to life groups. So uh, which means we're going to do life groups for 12 weeks on and then take four weeks off uh, and then do that again uh, throughout the year. Uh, there's a postcard uh, on your chair and with some important information, some important dates, uh, and some of the life groups that are going to be offered. I think we have nine or ten different life groups being offered in the winter slash spring trimester, and that actually starts on... Um, Sunday, January 25th is when our very first trimester begins. More on that next week. I just wanted to put that on your radar, but we're really excited about where we're headed with our life groups uh, community. 
And then lastly, I'll tell you, this is really important. Uh, where's my friend Evan Worth? Evan, where are you? Right there. Uh, Evan and a few others in the community have been trying to uh, drum up some uh, support for uh, what we're doing is just a, a pillow drive, so to speak, uh, a way to pass out uh, items of comfort to those uh, who uh, are lacking it, and meaning the homeless community. And so Evan uh, can tell you a little bit more about that after service is over, but we're collecting basically anything that you have, whether it's uh, clothing, uh, hats, scarves, gloves, anything, uh, literally pillows, anything that you could give uh, that would be uh, an encouragement and a comfort to those that are homeless. Uh, Evan and his team are taking uh, those items down to uh, the homeless community uh, in the next uh, few weeks. So please uh, speak to Evan about that. That's really important. Uh, we not only want to uh, get together and do fun things together, we as a community want to give. Uh, as best as we can, we want to be the hands and feet and heart and mind of Christ, uh, which means we serve and we give and we're generous. So uh, even some of those gifts that you may have thought about returning, maybe consider just giving those uh, to someone else who will make use of them. To those of you who just got really sad, like, oh, if I return them, I could have got something I really wanted, but no, give them away. Give them away to someone uh, who truly uh, would need them. And um, we're collecting clothes over the next uh, week or two, over the next few weeks, I think, and Evan can help you out with that. Um, that's it for way of announcements. So the sounds of Christmas, we missed uh, the sound last week, which was the sound of crying, and uh, really that was the essence or the heart of Christmas, is that uh, the sound that we hear, humanity hears first from God is the sound of a baby, uh, God with us, Emmanuel. And uh, we celebrate, and I hope you're able to have a place, whether you did it here on Christmas Eve or, or some other place, but you were able to stop and pause and remember and consider exactly what God has done that uh, 2,000 years ago, he visited humanity so that humanity could have a relationship with him. Uh, that's what sets apart Christianity from any other world religion is that God came to us. Any other world religion, you can test me on this, will say you work your way towards God. You live good enough, you perform good enough, you do good enough. Uh, maybe God, if the scales balance out a little bit more uh, good in, in terms of bad, then you can have a relationship uh, with God. And Christianity says no. Christianity says God came to visit us uh, in the form of a baby, in the person of Jesus. And tonight, uh, I wanted to ask um, a pretty important question. Um, it's a sound that you've heard a lot. It's a sound that you've probably said quite a bit over the last uh, few days. But how many times would you say that you've said thank you? You don't have to shout it out, but how many times do you feel like you've said thank you just over the past three or four days since Christmas Eve, Christmas time? I imagine, <laughs> if you're nice, uh, at least more than once or twice. How many times have you had someone actually say thank you to you in the past three or four days? I don't know if this is a sound you're hearing very much right now, uh, but usually when someone says thank you or you're saying thank you, it's a way to express uh, appreciation or express gratitude for something someone has done to you. And I don't know if you've noticed, but thank you... Saying thank you is an art form. I don't know if you've caught this, but saying the tone of how you say it actually matters. Because if it's said in the right tone, it means a little bit more. But if it's said in a tone that's kind of questionable, your thank you then is questionable. Frequency. If you say it a lot, then it really goes a long way. 
But if you say it too much, then it's somehow insincere, right? Tears. If you can add tears to your thank you, that, that is the, that seals the deal right there. It's always great when my mom, uh, the contest at my house uh, was always whoever made my mom cry uh, with a gift that we gave, we knew that she was really thankful, really appreciative. So when she would get a gift and she didn't cry, we're like, no, that's a terrible gift. We'll try again next year. And so this year, I'm told, my mom's in North Carolina, but uh, I'm told via the phone that uh, my mom cried when she opened the present from Kyle and I. I wasn't there to see it, so I'm not sure if I believe that or not, but um, tears, it means a lot. Then the post thank you, maybe like four, five, six days removed from when you actually receive the gift. If that person comes up to you then and says thank you, that really means a lot. But yet when you see them again, if they don't say thank you, then you start to question, hmm, they probably didn't really like the gift that I had to give them anyways. And then this is the ultimate thank you, okay? If you take time in like paper and with a pen, not like a Facebook post like right on a wall, not a textbook, not a text message, not some email, but like actually sit down with paper and ink. I know people still do this. And actually write a thank you note. I know for some people, if they don't get a thank you note, the gift that they gave must not have meant anything. And any verbal affirmation of thank you for this, thank you for that, it means absolutely nothing. But if you write a thank you note, that means the world. Well, we love hearing it. We get mad when we don't hear it. And I wonder why. Why does it matter to us so much that someone says thank you uh, or that we are the ones that say thank you? I mean, it's not a bad thing. We just want people to maybe value or appreciate what we've done for them right? Again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but ultimately we're just hoping that it's valued or appreciated or it's even made a difference. Well, we're going to finish this Christmas series tonight with the sound of thank you, the sound of gratitude. And I've been wondering, what does the sound of gratitude lived out really sound like? What does it actually not just sound like, but what does the sound of gratitude lived out? What does that life actually look like? What does it ultimately mean to be a thankful person? Because we know the opposite of what someone who's not thankful looks like. Usually someone who's just critical, complaining, ungrateful. I mean, pretty much the opposite of grateful and thankful. And I'm not, I'm pretty sure no one here would sign up and be like, yeah, that, sign me up. I want to be that ungrateful, critical, complaining type of person. But how many of us actually know what it means to live a thankful life? And here's the question. Is it just a one-off thing? Is it a seasonal thing? Or is it an everyday thing? For you to be a thankful person, does it just happen when good things happen? Christmas time, your birthday, when someone gives you a gift. Is it a one-time, a seasonal thing? Or... Is there anything about you tonight that says, you know what? I would love to live a life, the rhythm of my life, the sound of my life would be that of being a thankful person. And outside of just words spoken or words written, how would you know? 
how would you know that that's a thankful life? I tell my wife all the time, I am so thankful to be married to Kyla. How would she know that I'm actually thankful to be married to her? I say all the time, I'm so thankful I've got three incredibly awesome, crazy, high-energy kids. I love them, and I'm so thankful that God has given me three awesome kids and Tristan, Riley, and Caden. How would my kids actually know that I'm thankful for them? I say this of you guys all the time. I am so thankful to be part of this community called Genesis. I'm so thankful to have the relationships that I do within this community. But how would you know that I'm actually thankful for you? Say it with my wife, my kids, this community. I say it of God. God, I'm so thankful for everything that you have given me, for how much you've blessed me. But the question then is, how would God know that I'm actually thankful for anything and everything that he's done for me? How would God know that you are a thankful person? What would that sound like? What would that look like? What would it actually mean to, to the rhythm of your life would be one of thankfulness, one of gratitude? Not once in a while, not seasonally, but every single day, every single moment, your life would be marked by this is a thankful individual, a person who is overflowing with gratitude. So my hope as we finish this tonight is that we would have some clarity of what a, um, a life of gratitude, a thankful person, what that means and what that actually looks like. Let me uh, pray for us and we'll look at some scripture together. Father, it, uh, I think all of us, uh, uh, God, every one of us would admit we have something uh, or someone uh, to be thankful for. Father, I don't think anyone in this room would have to think too hard of at least one thing that we can be, have gratitude towards, that we can be thankful for. But God, tonight in this place, I pray that it would just be spoken with absolute clarity what a thankful life actually looks like. And Father, as we'll see uh, in a few moments, I believe Scripture calls us to be people of gratitude, people who are thankful, actually overflowing with thankfulness. So God, would your word uh, please speak to us tonight? God, would it be clear? Would it make sense? Would it resonate? And Father, as John prayed earlier, I just pray that uh, uh, we would leave here different. But a marked difference tonight would be uh, we're going to be thankful people. So we pray to that end, God, that you would help us understand uh, these things. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have a Bible, um, open up to, uh, actually, these are going to be on the screen. Let me just read a few of these verses real quick to you. This is uh, Colossians. I just want you to hear just a few verses, a sampling of sorts of what the Bible has to say about gratitude or thankfulness. This is Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. It says, So then, just as you received Christ, Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. What a picture that is right there of a life that is just rooted, built up in the person of Jesus. The relationship with Jesus is 
is such that it's firm, it's established. We know who Jesus is, he's Lord. And the result of that life is one that is literally overflowing with gratitude. I don't know, have you ever met someone who, when you literally met them, you're like, wow, that person is spilling joy, spilling gratitude, spilling thankfulness from how they live. This is Colossians chapter 4, uh, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, starting at verse 16. It says, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That word all there, interesting enough in the Greek, it means the same thing it does in the English, meaning all. Not just once in a while or when it's convenient or when you want, to, want it to be. Giving thanks in all things. Wow, what would that look like to have your life that no matter what happened, no matter what was going on or not going on, your life said, I'm going to give thanks in all things. Why? Because that's God's will for me. God's purpose, God's plan for me is that I would be a person who would give thanks no matter what, good, bad, indifferent, I would be a person who would exude, overflow, being thankful, filled with gratitude, overflowing. Okay, this is, I could read the entire book of Psalms. All 150 different letters within uh, the book of Psalms. All of the Psalms, for the most part, speak to just being thankful, being grateful. This is a very small sampling uh, it's not an exhaustive list of what Scripture has to say, but it reflects a very common exhortation is that we're commanded to be thankful. And as I hear that word, we're commanded to be thankful, I'm actually thankful that that command is there. Would you be, I guess, more excited, more thankful if the command was left out? What if it just said, hey, if you feel like being thankful, cool. If not, I'm cool with that too. If you want to be indifferent, be indifferent. If you want to be, you know, uh, critical, complaining, ungrateful, I'm good with that. I mean, imagine if God didn't put a command in the Bible that said to be grateful, to be thankful, overflowing. I'm actually very thankful that this is a command, this is an exhortation given to people who are in relationship with God, is that we are to be thankful, actually overflowing with gratitude. So the good news for me there is twofold, that the Bible's not silent on calling us to be grateful. And then secondly, the Bible does not use gratitude. I want you to, this is really important, because I missed this for years and years and years. And I hope this will be very helpful for you living a grateful life, a thankful life. The Bible does not use gratitude as a motive for being, in, for being obedient or having good behavior. Let me say that again. The Bible does not use gratitude as a motive for being a good person, a good Christian, good moral ethics. Okay, let me ask this question. Did you receive, obviously I'm hoping everyone here received some gifts this week, but did you receive a gift um, from someone that you did not get a gift for? Like someone gave you a gift and you had not even, wasn't even on your radar to give them a gift. How did that make you feel when you got that gift? Were you thinking, oh man, 
Now I got to go get them a gift. Right? I mean, that's, that happens. Someone gives you an unexpected gift and you receive it and you receive it with a smile and you're thinking the whole time, thank you so much, now I have to go shopping for you. And depending on the value of the gift that they gave you is kind of dependent on the value of the gift that you are going to give them in return. It, we don't necessarily mean to do this. When someone gives us a gift, I mean, it's when someone does something nice for us, isn't our first, typically, generally speaking, our first inclination, now I've got to do something nice for them. This is called, and I didn't come up with this phrase, but the debtor's ethic. If someone does something nice for you, you have to do something nice for them in return. The debtor's ethic is a killer. It's, first of all, it's a relationship killer, and it's also a killer of a thankful life, a life of gratitude. If your response when people give you a gift is not just, wow, thank you so much and appreciate and enjoy that gift. If your first inclination is like, I have to get them something now. That totally nullifies. There's no gratitude in that. That's not even a gift anymore. Because you're about to pay them back for what they've done for you. See, this is where it gets really messy when we apply this debtor's ethic to our relationship with God. And if you could hear this and just know this and hopefully be set free from this, how many of us have heard the message before? Look how much God has done for you. Shouldn't you, out of gratitude, do so much for him? I mean, look at God gave his life for you. Shouldn't you, just out of gratitude, out of thankfulness, Shouldn't you just do all of these things in return just to show him how thankful, how grateful you are? I hope I've never said that. I know I've heard that many times where I've used the motivation of you should be very obedient. I mean, is there anything we shouldn't be obedient in, in, in light of everything that God has done for us? Is there anything we shouldn't be willing to, be, to give in light of everything that God has given us? See, when the motivation is to the debtor's ethic, because God has done this for me, I now need to do this for him. It starts to slip into my heart, into my mind. I somehow need to pay back God for everything or anything that he's done for me. And that nullifies the very gift that God has given. I don't know if this is new or if this is hard to hear, but we don't need to pay God back. The second we start trying to pay God back for any gift that he's given us, it's now just a business transaction. That's all it is. God wants us to receive all of the gifts that he has given us just with thankfulness and with gratitude. But anytime the debtor's ethic kicks in and we start trying to pay back God for whatever it is, it nullifies the gift. So we cannot view God's grace or his gifts as something to be repaid. When we have a payback approach to a relationship with God, it will at best be frustrating. Do you know why? Because you can never pay God back. Like why I hope this is freeing for you tonight is that you can stop trying to pay God back. 
like performing for God because God did all of this for you. You now should perform for him or you should pay him back. Be free of that. Stop doing that. Be free of a debtor's ethic and step into a life that just is one of gratitude and overflowing with thanksgiving. So I'm going to want you to hear this as clearly as I can. Don't let gratitude lead you to nullify God's grace by trying to repay it, the debtor's ethic. Don't let the gratitude of how you feel what God has done for you, don't try to repay that, but let it transform you to a greater faith. Rather than letting gratitude take you to a place of, I need to repay God for what he's done, let gratitude take you to a place of greater faith. Let gratitude transform you to greater faith. Where you say, wow, if God has done this and given me this, I can trust him for this. I will believe him for this. Let it increase. Let it grow your faith. What's really amazing, if you just do a simple survey of Old Testament, New Testament, um, the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, they were again and again cited for just sinning against God. And their sin against God was never one of ingratitude, that they were not grateful people. This is uh, Numbers chapter 14, verse 11. It says this, The Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me, in spite of all the miracles and signs I have performed among them? The problem for them was not ingratitude. The problem was they just didn't believe. They didn't have faith. If you notice Jesus, when he rebukes his disciples, he never says to them, You are so ungrateful. You are so ungrateful. His rebuke to them is, you have little faith. Why don't you believe? Let the gifts that God has given you stir in you a gratitude that leads you to greater faith. Not that leads you to a, a, a debtor's ethic of paying God back for what he's done. Let it lead you to greater trust or greater faith in the things that God has done. So, question, if gratitude is not meant to be manifested in this debtor's ethic, a payback attitude, then the obvious question becomes, how should our gratitude towards God manifest itself just day to day? <clears throat> if it's not supposed to be this, I'm going to pay God back mentality, then what is it actually supposed to look like? Well, if you heard the question rightly, how should our gratitude towards God manifest itself? Well, that question presupposes that you are actually grateful or thankful for all that God has done. And I don't want to presuppose that everyone in this room sits here tonight and says, you know what, I am thankful and I am grateful for the mercy that God showed me, his faithfulness, for his provision, for his goodness, for his kindness, for his love, ultimately for Jesus, giving me eternal life, forgiveness of sins. I just want you to sit and wrestle with the question, are you in this place tonight, when you hear that question, how can I live a life that expresses gratitude towards God? You have to first ask the question, am I actually thankful for the things of God? Am I thankful for the gifts of God in my life? Because if you're not, then it, it doesn't really matter. You're not going to have to worry about expressing gratitude uh, towards God and how you live. But 
this is a scary reality. The reality is if you're not thankful for the gifts that God has for us, and those are just some that I mentioned a moment ago, then there's not going to be really much you're thankful for. If you're not thankful for what God has done for you, your creator has done for you, there will not be much, if anything, that you will be thankful for. And I can say that because the gifts that God has for us comes from the most sincere, genuine, pure heart. And if we're not thankful for those, then we will be hard-pressed to be thankful for anything that people have uh, to give us. Gratitude and thankfulness will not be part of our everyday lifestyle. So my hope, as you just are here tonight, is that you would be thankful, filled with gratitude, overflowing, as Colossians says, with thankfulness and gratitude for what God has done. So before gratitude can become the rhythm of your life, you have to make a simple decision. And the decision is this. Will you receive the gifts as well as the giver? Will you make, you can't be grateful and thankful unless you've made the conscious decision to say, I want to receive not only the gifts, but I want to receive the giver. And they're both together. They're married. You can't just take one, I'll take the gifts, but not the giver. And you can't just take the giver, not the gifts, because that's the giver. He is generous. So they come together and both coupled together are powerful and transformational. So my kids over the past five years, uh, as long as they've been alive, have been showered with gifts. This past week, it's been madness. Gifts out the wazoo. I don't know what a wazoo is or means, but if I ever did, it's coming out the wazoo, okay? Lots of gifts. How do I know that my kids are thankful for the gifts? Okay, they're five, four, and two. Okay, they're not on you know, Facebook yet. They don't know how to text message yet. So how would I know that my kids are actually thankful for the gifts that we gave them or they received from other people? How would I know? I'll tell you how I know. Certainly it's nice you know, in this young age when they say thank you without being prompted, which doesn't happen often, but it's nice when it happens. They just say, thank you, Dad, for this, or thank you, Mom, for this. But I know that my Kids are thankful and have a sense of gratitude when I see them playing with the gift that they got. I know it's very subtle, but I know that they're thankful and have a sense of gratitude when I see them playing or using the gift that we gave them, spending time with the gift, talking about the gift. <clears throat> it's fun when I hear my kids already talking about this gift and you've got to come see this and you know they're trying to talk it up as it's the greatest thing ever. I know they're thankful and grateful when they even start sharing their gift. They want someone else to enter into that gift, so to speak, with them. And I know that they're thankful and grateful for the gift when they actually care for it. When they just don't like throw it around or beat it up or unless it's a beat up type of toy. When they play with it, when they spend time, when they talk, when they share and when they care for it. Basically, when I see my kids enjoying what I have given them, I know that they are thankful and they are grateful. Now, I know this makes sense with toys, but how would that actually translate to the gifts that God has given us? What would it look like for you 
to play, spend time, talk about, share, or care about the gifts that God has given us? How about just prayer? When we see that just as an incredible gift, wasting time with God. What an amazing thing that God has invited us to spend time with him in prayer. He didn't have to. How about the Bible? Rather than seeing it as like something to check off that you've done that day, seeing it as I get to be with God. How about something as simple as just relationships? We were created to be in relationships with God with one another. One way to express gratitude, thankfulness to God is when we actually invest and allow others to invest in us relationally. How about the church? That is a gift from God. When we say, I absolutely love the church. Flawed and imperfect, but I love her. How about just something like your talents? Embracing and using, sharing and giving God's gifts to you to bless others, to bless God. And just, how about Jesus? When you just see that relationship is not a burden, but it's, wow. I have a relationship with the creator of the universe. And I value that relationship. I protect that relationship. And it's a relationship I abide in. These are small, but ways that we can express to God that we are thankful and we are grateful for the gifts that we have been, have been given. Another way of saying all of this is that you enjoy the gifts of God. Now, on the other side of this is not just enjoying the gifts. And I want you to hear this. God wants you to enjoy everything he has given us. But not at the expense of not enjoying the giver. We delight not only in the gifts, but most importantly, we need to delight uh, in the giver. Because if our gratitude is just rooted only in the gifts, it will fade. It just won't last. But if your gratitude is really rooted and established in the giver, meaning God himself, then gratitude will be transformed into a great desire to what? To know to know God. When you are enjoying the gifts that God has, that stirs, in, at least in me, and I hope in you, a desire to know God even more. If, I were, if you were to come in every single week and you were to give me a gift. Every single week you came in and gave me a gift and I smiled and I took your gift and I loved it. I posted on your wall, thank you so much. Every single week you continued to give me gifts. But you started to get the sense, wow, Michael doesn't even really know my name. Michael doesn't even actually really like me. He puts on a smile and accepts the gifts that I, you know, I give him each week but I'm starting to notice a trend. He smiles, shakes my hand, and accepts the gift and and then moves on. Every week, it's the same thing. And you really started to get the sense, I actually don't like you as a person. I love what you have to give me, and I love receiving what you have to give me, but you've become nothing more to me than a machine or a tool that can produce something I really like. This is what happens when we really love the things that God has for us, 
but we don't necessarily love the one who's giving them to us, where God just becomes nothing more than a machine or a tool to produce something you like. They go together, receiving the gifts and receiving the giver. So I've spent a lot of time trying to answer one question. And I'm just going to finish with this by reading a scripture verse and letting us sit with it. What does it really mean to be a thankful person? I've tried to explain a few things. It's, it's not by doing the debtor's ethic thing, trying to pay God back. That actually insults God when we just try to pay him back. A thankful life, one of gratitude, is when we receive the gifts, we receive the giver. And then I just want you to sit with this um, of what it looks like on a day-to-day basis. A thankful life, one of overflowing with gratitude. It's seen and it's heard in everything we do, everything we say. This is Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 through 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And where when, and listen to this, verse 17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I have spent some time with this verse over this this past uh, few days and it kind of leveled me because this week was not a great week for me personally in my house. This is my first time being out of the house in the last three or four days because I've been in my bed sick. And as I'm sitting in my bed over the last three or four days thinking, great, I get to preach on being thankful on Sunday night and I'm totally miserable. I'm not thankful for anything. Christmas morning, I missed pretty much the whole thing, all the events of post-Christmas, going to see, I was so excited to, and I don't know why I was excited to do this, but uh, my kids went to see uh, the Disney on Ice. I know it's kind of weird, a 36-year-old's interested in seeing Disney on Ice, but it's cool. I was excited to go see that, and I didn't get to go see it. Kids went to go see a fun movie about a rat who had a lot of courage. I was sad I didn't get to go see that. And literally, as I've been hanging out in the house up in my room for the better part of the last three or four days by myself, thinking about, wow, I have to sit before a community and encourage them to be thankful, to be grateful in all things. And I was held in check of, well, how are you doing, Michael? And the verse 17 really just cut to the heart. Whatever you do, whether in in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. If you want to be a thankful person, every moment of every day, every situation, every conversation, every interaction is an opportunity for you to express thanks to God. That's it. A thankful life is one that says every opportunity, every moment of this day, is an opportunity for me to give thanks to God in all situations, even if it's a a crummy situation. 
I can still give thanks and say, God is still good. I might be sick, but God is still good. I might want to be doing this, but you know what? God is still good. That's what it means to be the rhythm of gratitude, the rhythm of thankfulness, is that you learn to see every moment of every day as an opportunity to give thanks. And I wonder how many of moments of our day is wasted by complaining, by being critical, by being ungrateful. Every moment of every day, every conversation, 24-7 is an opportunity for us to be thankful in all things. I just want us to sit with that for a minute. Uh, tonight, as we do every night at Genesis, we celebrate communion as a way to remember and express thankfulness and gratitude towards God for what he has done in giving us a relationship with him, making that possible because of Jesus. But before we do that, I just want each of us to sit and wrestle with that question, am I a thankful person? And if you're not, which I'm going to venture to say most of us aren't, then just confess that and say, God, would you stir in me a heart, a desire to be thankful? If you need to confess the debtor's ethic that you've been living, trying to pay God back, confess that and ask God to set you free. Stop trying to pay God back for what he's done. Receive it as grace. And let that grace transform you. Let that gratitude transform you to a greater trust, belief, and faith in who God is and what God has done. If you haven't received the gifts and the giver, then literally hands open tonight. Just say, God, would you flood into my life? Invite Jesus to literally be Lord of your heart as the scriptures talked about. All things, verse 17, in word, in deed, no matter what, in all things we give thanks. Just sit in silence for a bit. Allow God to examine your heart and then communicate your heart back to God. Father, I thank you that you've given us so much to be thankful for. And uh, in these moments of just rest, in these moments of silence, Father, help us just to get real. Not only with ourselves, but before you. And answer a tough question of, am I truly thankful? Is my life that is overflowing with gratitude and thankfulness to, to you for who you are and what you've done? Father, hear our prayers now.
Father God, I thank you uh, for the gift uh, this week for me of being sick, giving me time just to sit with you and just ponder what it actually means to be a thankful person. Father, I thank you that this is a command that you've given us. It's not just a good idea. This is a command that you've given all of us to be thankful, to be grateful, lives overflowing with thankfulness. Father, I do pray that uh, tonight our gratitude that we have for who you are and for what you've done would not show up in a debtor's ethic of trying to pay you back but it would show up in a greater love for you and greater faith and greater trust. God, so take the gratitude that we have and transform it into a, just a greater desire for you. God, the things that you have given, which are many, I pray that we would enjoy those things. We would embrace those things. Whether the relationships whether the church, whether the Bible, prayer, most importantly, just the person of Jesus. God, might we embrace these things that you have given and might we embrace you. Father, tonight we want to finish by celebrating the life that you have given each of us. We want to celebrate uh, this Christmas season that Jesus came as a man to live a perfect life, a life without sin, to die a death in our place, to pay the penalty, the punishment for sin. And we give thanks that uh, on that third day, there was a resurrection. There was life. There was an empty tomb. And God, we give thanks that, uh, as the scripture says, to all those who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, as Savior, as Lord, have hope, have peace, have relationship with you both now and forever. And tonight, as we take the bread and take the cup, we want to celebrate, we want to remember what Jesus has done, his life given for us. his blood shed to make us pure, to make us right with you. A sign of a new relationship, a new covenant. So Father, tonight we celebrate, we remember, and we give thanks. We do not try to pay you back for these things. Rather, we enjoy and we embrace them as we embrace you. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Genesis is a ministry of Hope Christian Church. We invite you to find out more by visiting our website at genesisthejourney.com.